0: Welcome to Throwback Trivia Takedown. And as we mentioned in our last episode that you may or may not have heard, uh, we are taking a
1: short break for the month of March. Uh, we're going to be revamping the show, changing a few things, uh, making just generally making it bigger and better for you guys.
0: Exactly. We want to come back um, with a stronger show than we've ever had before. But while we are getting a couple things locked down doing that, we wanted to share uh, do kind of a little, you know, podcast network share for the month of March. And so we are going to be showing a couple different episodes from different podcasts. Today's episode is going to be from the Blast From Our Past podcast. So it's going to be some familiar voices. Exactly. That is another show that John and I have. If you all haven't listened to it, obviously we recommend it. We're We're fans of it. We've been doing it for... 150 plus episodes now so it's one that we've been doing for closing in on it'll be four years this year that we'll be doing when we get to august um so we really enjoy it and uh the episode that we've got for you today is our top 10 nick shows
1: we did this one with adam sweeney and scott barber who were the directors of a documentary called The Orange Years, which was about the uh, sort of the early days of Nickelodeon in the 80s and early 90s.
0: Yeah, we had a lot of fun with them. If you guys listen to us on Throwback Trivia, you know we are nostalgic geeks. And so talking our favorite Nickelodeon shows with some of the people who have like discussed with some of the biggest stars and had made an entire documentary, it's obviously a passion for them. We had a lot of fun. So we thought this would be a a cool episode for y'all to check out. But Blast From Our Past is one that Adam in particular, me, <laughs> uh, definitely says some foul language. So um, this is definitely adult content. I do not recommend listening if you are a child. So don't do it. Um, or if uh, you are adverse to hearing bad language, but if you're if you're cool with it,
1: then please check out this episode. So please enjoy this episode of the Blast from Our Past podcast. The Blast from Our Past Network. Hello and welcome to the Blast From Our Past podcast. We're a podcast that brings you full-on movie breakdowns, TV show reviews, and more, all from the things of our nostalgic past. I'm John. And I'm Adam. And today we have two guests with us, two special guests, and this is kind of a new thing for us and we're very excited about it. Uh, with us we have Scott Barber and Adam Sweeney, and I'd like to actually to have you two gentlemen tell us who you are and and why why are you important. <laughs> <laughs>
2: I would say that uh, probably with relation to this, that uh, we are the co-directors of The Orange Years, the Nickelodeon story, which is a documentary that chronicles the the origins and the rise of the juggernaut that would be um, that would end up shaping uh, so many generations of children uh, with respect to children's programming. And uh, uh, I think that that makes us important because we're telling the story of some very important people. Importance through association—that's us.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, this is exciting. Yeah, I mean, the documentary—I've seen the trailer. I'm really excited about it. Um, But besides just the trailer, I I see the—it's coming out for video on demand pretty soon. Like this—this episode's dropping on November 15th, Um, but on video on demand, it's coming out just. Two days from then, right? On the 17th, is that what I saw?
3: That's right. Two days later, November 17th, iTunes and Amazon. Uh, you can also you can pre-order iTunes right now. Uh, and so on November 15th, you can pre-order it or you can wait <laughs> no. Uh, no, t- two days later and rent it or buy it on uh, Amazon, iTunes, or you can get a physical copy uh, if that's your thing, which it is for me, uh, at uh, oh, yeah. Target.com or Amazon.com.
0: Night. Yeah, I, I I take pride in my big DVD collections. Uh, sounds like yeah. I mean, we're all kind of around the same generation, I believe. And yeah, you know, having a hard cut. Co- P- kids don't understand. You know what? Internet goes down. You know, there's nothing like just. You know what? And when when that happens, I want to grab one of my favorite movies and just put it on.
2: Yeah, if it's not a, if it's not a, not an iCloudy day, then you know what are you going to do? Right? <laughs> Clear skies. You're not going to be able to download anything. So you got to yeah, yeah. hold on to these physical tangible object, so we would advise is to go ahead, if you want to, rent it, and then say, man, this is so amazing that I just want to buy it. <laughs>
0: there you go. Rent uh, <laughs> and buy. That
2: would, buy, yeah. rent. Double dipping. I love it. There it is. <laughs> yep. We double dare you to do it. Oh,
1: <laughs> So, what? Um, what is your history with Nickelodeon? What spawned uh, this idea for this documentary?
3: Well, uh, I'll start it, and Adam can finish it. It's, because, uh, it, you know, Adam and I have been friends since 1991, so, we were watching Nickelodeon as kids, as, you know, 10, 11 year old. Oh, I'm not going to say how old we were in 1991, but as young children, <laughs> we watched this show, uh, we watched all these shows, and, you know, fell in love with them, and it kind of still has a very special place in our heart, uh, so, yeah, that's that's our background. We, we started out as huge fans for years.
1: Awesome.
2: It also has a personal uh, story behind it, because uh, the first time that... So we were in school together. We were in these gifted, talented classes, uh, and we are on this group called uh, called uh, Odyssey of the Mind, where it was like this creative, spontaneous group where it was like, oh, it's kids competing against kids, you know, and uh, coming up with all of these like different prompts, and it was really fun. And so, uh, so Scott and I were on the same team, and he invited me to come stay the night at uh, at his house uh, one time, and. So, obviously, I was like, yeah, cool, you know, we both love comics, we, we both love Nickelodeon, like, we obviously get along really well. So, we went over there, spent the night, it was awesome. Uh, I remember we went to McDonald's, got a Happy Meal that had a, a Bugs Bunny crossover with Superman, which was kind of cool. Uh, yeah. And then, the next day, we had a lot of fun, and he was like, hey, man, you want to see the night again? I said, sure, no problem. Uh, let me call my mom to make sure that, that it's it's okay. And so got on the phone, uh, called my mom really quickly, uh, had the conversation, got off the phone, uh, went over to Scott and had kind of a, you know, blank face. And he's like, hey, what's up? Did she say no? It's okay. I mean, we can always hang out again some other time. I was like, yeah, she, she did say no. Uh, my family's also getting divorced and we're moving today. Kind of a double whammy on that one. And so back then, whenever you moved, there wasn't social media. Right. So 30 minutes, realistically, away from somebody, you may as well have been on another planet. But Mm -hmm. so what we did is that we would call each other uh, every pretty much every day for years. And we would watch Nickelodeon together. And that was one of the ways that we stayed friends. And especially by watching SNCC. Um, One of the Mm -hmm. first things that I remember us watching was the Halloween special in 1991. Which I think 1991, I want to say, which was the introduction of "Are You Afraid of the Dark?" and the tell the twisted claw. Yeah, yeah. And they also had a couple of other ones like the Zeke the Plumber episode, which is classic. And so that you know, it, it, it shaped our childhood and kept our friendship together. And uh, so it means a lot to us. Uh, I think it would mean a lot to us no matter what. But that also means a lot, and it was really cool because it forged a really great bond that uh, has you know stood the test of time for, our, for you know for us growing up.
1: That is awesome. awesome. I, I would like to say I also did compete in Odyssey of the Mind. Oh, nice. Uh, well, we competed once locally. Okay. And we were unclear of the rules, so when we got there, we were <laughs> a little – we basically got last because they were like, it's a good idea, but you didn't exactly follow the rules. Because so, te- I guess our teacher didn't really look up the rules good enough. They're like, ah, oh, you just got to do this, this, and this. I don't even remember exactly what we did. Somehow we made some sort of mechanical boat. Nice. Uh, okay. <laughs> And that's that's all I remember. That was the one year we did it, and I I didn't do it after that. But that's I can't believe you mentioned it. God, I haven't thought about that in years. It was awesome. I, you, you tipped your head a little bit. I think you I think you guys and I are pretty much the same age. I was uh, I, yeah. I'm going to say it. I was born in '80.
2: Okay. Yep. <laughs> I'm, I was actually born in I was born in 1780 though. Oh yeah. Oh well. Wow. <laughs> We're vampires. <laughs> yes, 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 we are. We're vampires, and uh, and so that's good. Um, we had a great Halloween. But yeah, we so Scott, like when we when I moved away, our team, and we have to like kind of puff our chest a little bit, our team went to state. <laughs> oh wow. All the
3: way, baby. All the way.
2: And and Scott was messaging me from El Paso or and and he was or calling me from El Paso and he was like, dude, this is awesome. Yeah. And I was just like <laughs> just sitting in my bedroom at like, a new
3: new school with like no friends like that's great, man.
2: Yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> new nobody, no friends. Nobody liked me. There was a kid in our class named Adam who was way cooler. Probably still is way cooler than me. It's like so everybody would be like, "Hey, Adam!" and I would lift my head up, and they're like, "Not you." <laughs> crushed it, man! Shout out to all the other uh, all the other Hauser Hawks as well. It was like what Jessica, Sarah, uh,
3: Casey Crow, Sean Culliganzak. We remember you guys if you're listening,
2: <laughs> dude. Mike Carlo, shout out to you. Matt Norman, Greg Snyder, Miss Keys, Miss Vogel, rest in peace. Love you. So,
0: that's, if there's if there's one thing that nostalgia is so fantastic about, you get onto one. Y'all mentioned Odyssey of the Mind, then John starts talking about it. Now, y'all getting all excited, yeah, just going yeah. crazy, mentioning these people. God, nostalgia! It's nostalgia.
3: So it's a fucking it's, it's awesome. A, it's a
2: hell of a I was thing. trying not to.
3: Yeah, yeah,
2: You're like you're like so. Uh, welcome to a, a blast from our past. We're going to talk Odyssey Mind. All yeah, exactly. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I've no, never d- even heard of that. I've I'm five years younger. I was born in eighty five, and maybe maybe they were done with it by that time, or maybe I just was never smart enough to be on it.
1: <laughs> well, we why, where I did it was at the school because we also uh, our parents divorced very young. Yes, in the eighties, late eighties, um, and then not long, not too long after that, we moved away. So. Mm-hmm where we moved to they didn't do it and so you were nah, at um, probably yeah. not the right age you wouldn't because okay, okay. i did it in middle school my first year at uh, otwell middle school in cumming georgia okay so. all right all right so we are here uh apropos of the i guess the subject in hand we're going to count down our top 10 nick shows top 10 nickelodeon shows um, I will say that my list is entirely based on its nostalgic value for me, not on its quality yeah. value. <laughs> yeah. It's good yeah. to preface that. It's good yeah. to preface that for sure. Because <laughs> I, I, I often get uh, looks from my brother when I put something somewhere in there. He's like, really? That one? That's your number one? That's <laughs> I get you. it, though.
2: <laughs> yeah. So it's about um, the feeling.
1: Yeah, exactly. I had a lot of feelings actually going over this one because I had to go back and do a little bit of research and, and pulled up shows that I hadn't thought about in oh, years. Oh, yeah. yeah.
0: This was tough. This uh, yeah. was, like, looking through, like, really, um, I, I, there were some, like, when I fr- make my first list, I was like, all right, this is definitely making it. And then when I
3: had to weed it down to 10, I'm like, it's
1: shit, hard. really? Yeah. Like, I
0: can't allow some of these on?
1: Damn.
3: People <laughs> always ask us, like, what's your favorite? And we're like, dude, there's no way we could say our favorite. <laughs> I mean, can we give a the, – the, the, the best we've been able to do is, like, a top five because it's just mm. – especially after getting to know the creators and, you know mm. – all we're so close to all this stuff it's like man there's no way we could name one there's it's just not possible
1: actually i I did want to ask you that did you guys get to interview like some of the old stars and and the like the directors and creators and stuff of that for the documentary uh what was that like oh it was amazing
3: it was it was great yeah we got to for all the like kind of shows that we thought were kind of the like linchpin shows the like Mm -hmm. the moment you know the the shows that really helped shape Nickelodeon into what it is, we tried to get at least one person behind the camera and one person uh, in front of the camera. You know, if we could get a writer, director, creator, and then a couple of stars, we, we tried to do that. And, and I think we and we succeeded on you know m- like at least you know ten, fifteen shows. You'll see uh, behind the camera and uh, in front of the camera people.
2: Awesome. I think I am- everybody. I think everybody that's on our list, we got somebody from or multiple people actually also it was amazing it was it was really cool because it's like you get to i mean you know it's like getting to meet superman and wonder woman right Mm -hmm. like it's and then also meeting them when you're an adult and realizing that they're just as awesome as you imagine they would be whenever you were growing up or you know i mean almost i mean pretty much everybody being even better right mm-hmm. and uh so it's re- it's really neat and it's not it, it was really cool to talk to them and kind of reawaken some of those that were them right like we were like living vicariously through it through the stories but that was them you know yeah. and so that it was it was a lot of fun and uh and we were very very lucky that they were so gracious and able and and willing to talk to us
3: yeah awesome. so many people everybody was like yes i want to do this you know no but awesome. i mean it was it was crazy people that you would think maybe would be like And that person's probably a little too busy to do this Nickelodeon. They were like, (laughs) hell yeah, you know, I want to talk about it. Because a lot of them, it was like their first job. It was where they, you know, they're big-time Hollywood writers, directors now, and this is where they cut their teeth. So they were as nostalgic as we were from this side. They were the same. Uh, You know, they
1: were just as nostalgic from the other side. Awesome. That just makes me so much more excited to check this out. Adam, do you have anything else you wanted to add? Oh, I just want to add, uh, growing up,
0: and, and Nickelodeon being as important as it was to all of us and to, to me as well. Um, when I was working in Burbank for a good while, we were right close and I would like walk to lunch right past one of their studios right there in Burbank. And every time I was like... Fuck! I I wish they had an opening. Please tell. I wish you had a post supervisor <laughs> opening because I would nail that. I would give so much passion to Nickelodeon. Um yeah. But yeah, I never never found anything in particular. But uh, <laughs> just man, it's just everything about it. That orange color, like it just it pops out for you, and you just like I, I just hear all the voices of my childhood. And, you,
2: and you're gonna find out why in the mm-hmm. in the documentary. Nice. We're gonna explain awesome. like we. What we don't explain it, the people that created it explain it, which is awesome, you know. And when you see it, uh, I know, I, I know Scott and I were just like, "That's brilliant." Yeah. There's so much, right? When you learn the story behind the story, that you're just going to be like, "Wow!" Like, nice. Nice. how? I mean, now I get why you know why why it happened.
3: There you was know? a method to the madness for sure. It was right. not just. We don't love these shows just because they were the shows that were on when we were a little kid. You know, they were Mm -hmm. there. There's a reason why it it holds such a special place in people's hearts for sure.
1: All right, well, I'm ready to get into this list now. I'm excited to talk about a little bit about some of these shows. Um, So we're gonna count down from ten to one, and I think we'll just kind of go in an order. Um, I'll have Adam start. And then I'll go. And then uh, Adam and sorry, I meant Adam, my brother. This is gonna be confusing because there's two of them. The
2: cooler, the so. cooler Adam.
1: <laughs> yes, cool. There's always the cooler Adam.
2: <laughs> I knew. I was like, he's not gonna talk about me. He's talking about the cooler yeah. Adam. I know. <laughs> yes.
1: We're going with the youngest Adam, the little one. Yep. And then I'll go. And then uh, you. And then uh, Scott and Adam, you guys did your you did your list together, right? Right. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, just as, uh, as with our typical top tens, if anyone has one higher, when it's mentioned, just say, I have it higher, and we will wait to talk about it. So Adam, start us off with your number 10. Um, I actually would be kind of surprised if this was on
0: either of the other lists. Maybe not. This is a show, uh, and in particular, a game show I felt never got enough love that it deserved, and I'm talking about Wild and Crazy Kids. Nice. That, Nobody? Just,
1: that just missed my list.
0: Oh, man. It, like, all right, so it, it only lasted from, uh, for three seasons, from 1990 to 1992, total of 65 episodes. Uh, they usually had three different hosts, you know, kind of guiding different kids wearing different, like, you know, colored team stuff. Uh, one of the hosts, Omar Gooding, who I absolutely remembered later from Hanging with Mr. Cooper and Smart Guy and other great stuff, like... I love the game shows, and you'll see that on my list. Game shows from Nickelodeon were big to me, and I was also a big sports fan. And so Wild and Crazy Kids, on top of having a fantastic theme song, uh, was just a fun game show for a a sports-oriented kid like myself. Cool. That's
3: great, man. Yeah, that's that's not on our list, but I wish it was. The cool thing (laughs) about it is, yeah, you know, Nickelodeon maybe got some grief for, like, Hey, you're putting kids in front of a TV, you know, and you could tell that was Mm -hmm. definitely their answer to it was, it was very much encouraging kids. Go outside, go outside, do things, Mm -hmm. be athletic, have
2: fun. Yeah. And we had a chance to hang out with Annette Chavez and Omar Gooden. I mean, which, Mm. you know, uh, most people probably know Cuba Gooding Jr.'s, uh, little brother. Yeah. Also was in Playmakers on ESPN. Did a a great job, which when you go back and watch Playmakers, it's funny because the NFL shut it down. And that probably is like the most like true to life, Uh, narrative feature on sports that you're ever gonna find
1: I've enjoyed that show all right so for my number 10 I will say this that my prime Nickelodeon watching years were in the 80s Um, probably from about the time I was five to when I was like 11 or 12 so mid to late 80s to like the very early 90s and I, I really didn't go much past that so and that will play out a good bit uh, in my list and especially in this first list because i remember watching this one when i was really little i was probably five or six and for some reason uh probably what stuck in my head was the theme song which yeah is in the, i think is the most is the case in in most uh, most cases with the uh, shows and that was the show pinwheel
2: oh no nice. oh, i thought good. you were going to different. Pinwheel route. was so legit
1: uh, I don't I don't even have too much of a recollection of what the show was about. I just remember loving the show. I know there were a lot of puppets yeah. involved.
3: You remember Schmitty? Schmitty, yeah. He had probably the by, Probably by
1: probably by the if I saw Schmitty, I probably would remember. You got it. You,
2: you can't forget Schmitty. No, no, no. <laughs> You're
1: going to want to remember Schmitty. Pinwheel
3: was a it was that was Nickelodeon's first show. Straight up, oh, that really? was their first, that was the show that put them on the map, yeah, uh, in the beginning it was actually called, the. well, it was called the Pinwheel Network, no, I won't go into it anymore, because that'd be a spoiler, but <laughs> okay, okay. Uh, but yeah, Pinwheel was, it was kind of like a Sesame Street, but what I liked about it more as a kid, was that it, it focused more on imagination, not as much on learning numbers and yeah. letters, it was more, you know, there was a, a two characters plus and minus, Mm-hmm. Um, that were kind of like their Bert and Ernie, but I remember they were always like imagining they were going into space or going like in a submarine. And it was really it was a it's a fantastic show. And, you know, we, we watched multiple episodes uh, for the film and uh, we do definitely talk about Pinwell in the film. And and I got to say, as we were watching it, it for sure holds up. It's a it's a fantastic show.
1: Awesome.
0: See, that, what's interesting to me is, like, even just, again, John, with always with these lists, I notice just the five-year difference between us right. changes so many things. I've never even heard of Pinwheel. Like, this is the first time I've really? ever heard of this show. Yeah. I don't remember oh, this man. at all. But it had 261 episodes. Yeah. How the heck do I not know this? <laughs> wow.
1: I don't know. I don't know when they stopped sh- showing it on Nick. I I mean, mm-hmm. yeah. Okay, cool. By the
3: 90s, it was gone. It was, yeah. they, they uh, had moved on.
1: Fair enough, and that, that's probably why. All right, gentlemen, give us your number ten.
2: The so number ten, we gotta go with the, the the kindest cartoon character you're ever gonna meet in your life, uh, Doug. Um, higher uh, on my
3: list. Yep, higher on my list yeah. as well.
1: Really? Okay. Okay. Yes. Yeah. We'll talk about it then. So we'll talk about it then. All right, Adam. My number nine. I I
0: don't I would be surprised if it's not higher on the all list, but granted it. It ran on the second, mostly on the second half of the '90s, and so maybe my later age made it better. Um, and the fact <laughs> that it was a variety show just for kids like me—all that baby—is my number nine.
2: Oh yeah, yeah, that's that's higher. Okay, well, okay, wait, well it's a tie. It's a tie. It's a tie.
1: Okay, so it's number nine for you guys as well.
2: Yes, it's number nine. Okay, for what? What well, things? Well, yeah, we can go, go, go ahead and, and talk about, about
1: it then. It's not on my list, so. so
2: Adam, why did you Why did you like it so much, Claire uh, Adam? Okay. <laughs> so
0: I mean, I was also a fan of Saturday Night Live at this time. I would say the late uh late eighties to like nineteen ninety four-ish version, uh which actually all that came out in ninety-four, but like that era of SNL is forever my favorite version of SNL with the Mike Myers, the Chris Farley's, the you know, Adam Sandlers, all that kind of stuff. But they made that just, you know, for us. That was specifically for us, the amazing Talent that they got on that show. I mean, obviously, oh, yeah. Keenan Thompson bridges bridges that gap, but Kel as well, um, Amanda Bynes, Lori Beth Denberg. Holy crap, her dry humor on vital information was amazing. Danny Tamborelli, Alyssa Reyes. Like this was a show that spawned so many different people that just it took over Nickelodeon for a while.
2: Mm-hmm. By, by the way, and we can we can talk about this because we we ended up not using these um these these plugs, but I will say. Hands down, the funniest person, maybe one of the funniest people I've ever met in my life, is Lori Bettenberg. Yeah, uh, yeah. She was cracking us up, and she said, "Like, um, Scott, do you remember whenever?" So we did a bunch of like, we did some like, you know, just um, just ads and like some promos that we were going to run. Uh, that, you know had uh, had we been uh not had it not getting distrib- distribution. And so Lori Beth Denberg was like, "Hey, how's it going? Lori Beth Denberg here with some vital information for you about the Orange Years. You're gonna want to watch it and find out which one, uh, which one, Keenan or Kel uh, uh, ended up uh, being the father of my love child. And, like <laughs> she just had all of these like amazing, like she's yeah. like, Hey, did I did I kiss Amanda Bynes?' You're gonna have to watch the Orange Years to find out. <laughs> she was,
3: yeah, insanely funny, crazy. Yeah." yeah. I, yeah, I mean, like you said, I, that's so true. You can you can look at all the people that were on all that and look where they are today. I mean, mm-hmm. there's no doubt about it. That was an amazing show. Elisa Reyes actually is a producer on this film, so we got nice. to work with her. In addition to uh, interviewing her for the film, we got to work with her, uh, and she's just you know an amazing person. You could tell that show is really when Nickelodeon really started to take uh, their duty to show a diverse uh, group of kids. They mm-hmm. they started to take that duty really seriously. You know, you yeah. had seen them. Try before, but this is one that you could tell they really were like, okay, we got to do better, and they yeah. did, and that that's a trend that that has carried on to this very day. Uh, and that's just a great show. I think the only reason personally, I don't want to speak for Adam, but I think the only reason why for me, maybe it's not higher is just because I was a little older by that point. <laughs> you know, I was already watching SNL and I was a little bit, yep. had I maybe been five years younger, i I maybe would have had it higher on the list. I just was, was, I was more, I was playing, you know, I was in MTV, punk rock, heavy metal, all that by mm-hmm. that point. So, um,
2: yeah, I think I think it, I, I was kind of I was probably into it a little bit more than more than Scott. But that's also it's interesting because Scott and I kind of like in terms of our musical taste, kind of eventually found our way on the same timeline. I was really big into like hip hop and R&B back then. And uh, and Scott kind of introduced me to a lot of rock and uh, which is really cool. And so but but, you know, they had uh, Usher, they had TLC, uh, so many, you know, Buster Rhymes, I yes. think. So many amazing artists. Right. I think I want to say they have the Backstreet Boys on there. I'm pretty sure. Um, But but yeah, I mean, uh, and and by the way, I I think and I don't want to like, you know, same same with Scott. I don't want to speak for him, but I definitely would say the Michael Myers Saturday Night Live like that era with Adam Sandler and all of them. Chris Farley is absolutely my favorite one. So we're on the same Mm -hmm. page.
1: All right, so my number nine—I uh, will be shocked if it's on Adam's list at all, and uh, I won't be that surprised if if uh, if it's on on y'all's list. Uh, my number nine is you can't do that on television.
2: No doubt. Yeah, we're, we're higher, uh, higher, higher, higher. Uh, yeah. That's okay. higher on not on list, my list.
1: Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I didn't think it was going to be on on no. uh, on my brother's list, but that's okay. All right. Well, we already know what your uh, number nine was, so we'll move on to number eight. Uh, all right. Uh, this show. I think we'll probably
0: make some higher on this. it John and I, we talked about it a while ago. Maybe it was last year's Halloween episode, but it's a fantastic show, and I don't want to mention too much. Are You Afraid of the Dark? The dark, Amazing show.
3: Ah, oh, yes. Yes. Yeah. Higher. Way higher. Okay. Way higher on our list.
1: <laughs> Fair enough.
2: We're like through the roof. Yeah, okay. <laughs>
1: All right, um, I I'm going to tell you what mine is, but I I have a feeling it's it's Adam said his was higher when you guys mentioned it, and he didn't mention it for his number eight. But my number eight is Doug, higher on my list. Okay, I figured yeah. as much. I I th- and I think my age is probably why
0: it's higher because it just was fit a little bit more more for yeah. me. Right. So.
2: All right, gentlemen, you're eight then. So cool. Like by the way, to see how it shapes so many different generations, even like that aren't really that far apart. But my brother, my my brother is six years younger than me. And so he loved different things as well. Right. And so mm-hmm. but it's really cool to see how that influences these lists. So, I mean, mm-hmm. you know, prop, props to Blast from our past. Like y'all, this is <laughs> yeah. such, a, such a cool idea. I love it. Um, uh, yeah. So uh, number. Uh, so I guess I haven't had a chance to say to say yet um, one. Do you oh,
3: want- sh- yeah, I can do that. Uh, our number eight is Rocco's Modern Life.
1: Why? Why did I not have that on my list? I, don't, I didn't, I
0: didn't I was, even think about it. Why I was totally sitting
1: on, here waiting for you to go higher because I figured it would. Holy be crap! It didn't make my list, but,
0: but for some reason, uh, when I <laughs> went through my list, I, it would have been higher. But uh, for some reason, I just blanked
3: on it. Yeah, man, it's a great show. Yeah,
2: and it's it's so it it, it gets away with so many like yeah. adult jokes mm-hmm. like that you should not have on yeah. on, on oh, Nickelodeon. Yeah. It uh, we talked about that in the orange years. There are a lot of things. I mean, like, Rocco is a phone sex yeah. operator. <laughs> yeah, is no. his job. Like, and there's times, remember, whenever it was, was it, Heifer goes yeah. in, and I think he's trying, I forgot the name of the turtle. Scott, do you remember the name of the turtle? Uh, no. Oh, God. It was it uh, Gilbert? Filbert. Phil, so he goes in, and he's trying to get him, I forget what he's. he's trying to get him to, to he's trying to get him to go to the restroom, I think to wet his bed. <laughs> <laughs> I am going, Wee oui, wee. Oui. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, um, and the fact that the cow's name is Heifer, mm-hmm. great. will never, will never stop, uh, stop making me laugh. We
1: and uh, we, we actually just talked about that on on one of our regular main shows about Marco's modern life. I and saw. That, I noticed yeah. that it was weird that his his name was Heifer. <laughs> heifer refers to a female a, cow. A female,
3: yeah. <laughs> it's. Rocco, I feel like, you know, it was the fourth Nicktoon that came out. And the first three yeah. all premiered at the same time. So Doug, mm-hmm. Rugrats, and Ren and Stimpy all came out. I remember it. It was on the same day. It was like, Nickelodeon's going to make their own cartoons. And so that was the fourth one. And to me, it I feel like they kind of took what was best about Doug, Rugrats, and Ren and Stimpy. You know, like the, the very irreverent, like, naughtiness of... Ren and Stimpy the quirky animation style of Rugrats but then like the heart of Doug you know because there is like Heifer and uh and 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 Rocco's friendship is like so pure and innocent you know it's very much like like it has that spirit of Doug so it feels like to me that's why you know uh, Rocco's modern life has a little bit more of a special place in my heart uh Mm -hmm. than other Nicktoons I feel like they kind of took the best of those three and then made that
0: yeah I agree uh we yeah when we we absolutely talked about it, kind of how we had a lot of but toned down Ren and Stimpy vibes in Rocko's Modern Life and it really did it exactly it did it the right way where I felt Ren and Stimpy might have gone too crazy with some of yeah. this stuff uh, Rocko's did it so perfect and it would I don't know why I had such a brain fart because that would have absolutely made my list
2: well it's because there are 50 different shows yeah. that there's they, so yeah. much good stuff yeah I mean more we're going two decades yeah I mean for, for example Scott and I we you know just for fun we've talked about it before and you know uh, there have been ones that we were like how did that not make our list? so so cooler Adam, you are not you are not alone on this at all. okay,
1: again. thank you. <laughs> Adam, do you want to rehash your Carlo, uh, Carlos Alice Rocky story? Uh, I mean, I can I, I met him
0: well, I met him in the briefest of moments. I was assistant editing uh, in Hollywood and uh, it's a place called Sonic Pool, uh, right pretty much in the in the heart of Hollywood and I was just working on a project and I did the little drawings uh, and kind of posted them up on my in my edit bay, one of them being of Rocco. And in pops somebody. I didn't realize who it was at the time. And he said, hey, do, do you uh, know where the sound booths are or for recording booths? I was like, oh, yeah, go upstairs. Uh, they're up there. Just kind of go straight past uh, the main office and you'll find them. And then it t- literally it was like two minutes later. I was like, holy fuck. That was Carlos <laughs> Alas Rocky. I should have <laughs> I should have had him like sign my Rocco drawing Damn. or something like that. I was like, and yeah. it's literally like a face to the or hand to the palm or palm mm. to the face kind of moment.
3: It really pissed me off. <laughs>
2: That's awesome, though. I mean, like the fact that you—the fact that you got to run into him, even—yeah, really neat.
3: It was, and you know, Heifer was uh, the great Tom Kenny, who later yes. on went on to be SpongeBob. So I mean, yep. obviously, you know, that amazing show knew what was voice up. cast. Amazing.
0: Mm-hmm. I mean, a lot of them, yeah, shifted over to um, uh, SpongeBob later. Where are we? I'm lost. <laughs> uh, my my number seven, I believe. Mm-hmm. Okay. I I don't know if this one is gonna be on y'all's list because you're just that little bit older. Uh and this one, I mean, it it was one of the longest running shows Nick shows, and because it had babies, maybe that's why I liked it when I was younger. I'm talking Rugrats.
3: Oh heck yeah.
0: Okay, it's, it's such an important show for Nickelodeon. I didn't make my list. Not on our list. Oh, not on y'all's list. Okay.
1: Yeah.
0: All right. So, definitely one of the most popular. Went from what was it? 91, so it came out with those those three original Nicktoons, uh Doug, Ren and Stimpy and Rugrats all on was it August 11th? And it ran until two, 2004. Nine seasons, 172 episodes, which is incredible. It was the longest until Spongebob took that over on Nickelodeon. Uh, the voice cast is phenomenal in Rugrats. I mean, they just get into silly, dumb kid adventures. Uh, the opening music is fun, you know, just kind of like that instrumental thing. And you see like the little screwdriver dropping into his diaper and shit like that. <laughs> I, I, I very much enjoyed it until I got, I it was one that rat lasted so long that I even outgrew it and they even tried to they even tried to do Rugrats All Grown Up, which I wasn't even having at the time when that came out. But Rugrats and the influential nature of Rugrats and how long it lasted, how important I feel it was for the growth of Nickelodeon cartoons, um, I think is pretty much, you know, it's under it can't can't be stated.
2: Yeah. And I think also I mean, remember whenever it had like a number one song. Like, remember Maya and Blackstreet, like for the Rugrats oh, movie? Yes. Like that was I think you're right. I think if you had to pick a couple of like the the projects or the programs that really like put them through like the stratosphere, it's absolutely Rugrats, right? Because mm-hmm. I remember going to like I think it was Burger King and like, you know, my brother getting like Rugrats like watches or something like that. And <laughs> then they did the Rugrats movie and they did Rugrats in Paris. It went on for a long time. And you're right. Like it it, it was super, super influential and just a brilliant idea. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, Rugrats is great.
1: All right, so my number seven, this was one that I found on another list, and I saw it and I was like, oh, man, why does that sound familiar? So I went and found like a little snippet of it on YouTube, and it was exactly what I thought it was, and I remembered exactly how often I watched it. Um, Like my brother, I am a big fan of game shows, and I did enjoy a lot of the game shows um, on Nickelodeon, and for some reason this one really spoke to me. It was called Finders Keepers.
2: Ah, yeah. Uh, not on my list, but I loved Finder Keepers. Finders. finder's Keepers was great. Yeah. Holy crap!
3: Another one I've never <laughs> even heard of. Like what? that was a that was a super early one. That was a very yeah. early, early, okay. early show. Yeah. And
1: all, it didn't run for all that long. I don't think just for maybe one or two seasons. I think.
3: I, yeah, it got I
1: looked it, it got kind of a bad
3: rap because I guess some people thought it had like a like a negative connotation because people were like trashing rooms and stuff like right. that. So. For the time, you know, early, mid-80s, they got a lot of pushback for that show because, like, this is this is teaching kids to tear up their room. So I think that's probably why that show didn't go on to be, uh, you know, bigger later on. Yeah.
1: So, Adam, the premise was basically, like, you had to find something in a room. and So you literally just th- – they had, like, a messy room already, and then you had to, like, tear it up to find whatever it was that they were looking for.
0: Okay. I might try and – I'll try and find a clip and see if it,
1: it sparks anything for me. Okay, but yeah, I won't be surprised if, if not, but okay. All right, gentlemen, what's your number seven?
2: Coming in number seven, it, it is The Secret Adventures of Alex Mack.
1: Uh, higher on my list. Okay, <laughs> <Damn,
2: laughs> okay. Oh, yeah. yeah, we love we love La, uh, Larissa Yeah, uh, uh, I do too. <laughs> yep, yep, every, yeah. Uh, yeah, Lar- yeah. Larissa is such a talented actress uh, yes. and so supportive of The Orange Ear. She came to our, our Doc NYC premiere. Uh, hung out with us and uh, is also has an amazing singing voice. Like uh, wow. she, she was on Broadway. She, she did Limas like to start her oh, career, wow. and uh, she was on Mad Men and uh, has been on off Broadway shows now. Like uh, so, she's in no way has you know uh, has like the. I guess I would say like her childhood acting career has not eclipsed her work uh, as mm-hmm. an incredibly talented yeah, actress. Now. Totally like,
1: cool. All right. Adam, right? Six. Man, I oh, got yeah. lost. Number six. This um, happens every time we do a top ten. Yeah, I, I forget, always forget. Where we
0: are. <laughs> This was a, a later Nick game show, and so I wouldn't be surprised if it's not on y'all's list. It was hosted by an Olympic. I think she was even a gold medal swimmer. Uh, a fantastic panel game show. I'm talking Figure It Out for my number six. Ah, It's not on our list, yeah, but that is a I'm fantastic not. show.
2: Yeah, I love sure. Summer Sanders. Yep. Yeah.
0: Summer Sanders is awesome. She was. She did such such a surprisingly great host. So bubbly, and like for someone who was a sports person, and like her to just kind of dive into TV like yeah. that, it was awesome.
2: Yeah, she was a natural.
3: You would have thought she had. A, that was where her background lied in, in yeah. TV. Yeah, and that was a great show to get to see. Like all, it was almost like the Avengers of Nickelodeon. You got to see all your favorite, <laughs> like Danny Tamborelli, yes. Elisa Reyes, Keenan Thompson, all of the, a lot of those late 90s Nickelodeon stars were always on figure it out Uh, another thing about figure it out versus you can't do that on television you can see how the slime evolved (laughs) like look at the slime and you can't do that on television and then look at the slime on figure it out and it's different like I think it got like progressively less chunky as time (laughs) went by you know like it started out almost like 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 mashed potatoes like green mashed Mm -hmm. potatoes and ended up more as like like green, just like green liquid, you know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Um,
0: yep. John, I don't remember you really watching this one. When I, we kids.
1: Much like how you don't remember Finders Keepers, I do not remember Figure It Out. Okay.
0: Yeah. It was, I, I felt like, I don't know if Danny Tamborelli owned stock in, in Nickelodeon or, or even a majority <laughs> share, but this was the, the period where he was on every everything. show with them.
3: Oh, yeah. He was everything. Can <laughs> we put so, Danny Tamborelli in this, please?
0: Yeah. <laughs> I mean, when you want quality, Danny
3: Tamborelli. Boom, done. It's funny because Danny is like, he was, we know him as like the Pete and Pete guy. You know, he's a yes, little Pete. Yeah. But so many people that are, you know, five to ten years younger than us remember him more as on mm-hmm. all that guy. You know, because, yep. yeah, he was on all that forever.
2: And all also right. a total badass. So and Mike also Dan just an awesome dude. As well. oh, wow. oh, cool. Yeah, he has a band called Jounce that you should check out. He also, he and Michael C. Morona, Mike Morona, uh, have their own podcast as well. Um, I believe nice. called the, uh, the Adventures of Danny and Mike. Yeah, it's on nice. the last Definitely podcast cool. network. That really
3: cool. Uh,
1: all right, so my number six, uh, Mike, well, I don't know. We're getting close to the top, so we'll see if this appears on anyone else's list. Um, but I had the biggest crush on uh, Melissa Joan Hart, so my number six oh, was yeah. Clarissa Explains It All.
2: Yeah, we're higher. It's higher okay. for us, for sure. <laughs>
1: okay. All right, Our well, number what six, is y'all number six? Yeah. Uh, ours is Double Dare. Higher. Higher
3: on my list. Nice. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Mark Summers. I mean, that is your yeah. childhood. You know yes. what I mean?
1: That dude is a uh, financial Hosting. marketing genius. Oh, yeah.
2: Oh, absolutely. <laughs> yes. You are not wrong at all. He, he uh, yeah, he's just, I mean, he's just great, right? And, and he's yeah. like, if they did a Mount Rushmore of Nickelodeon, oh, yes. I think his face has to be on there, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yep.
1: Uh, all right. Well, then we're swinging around, Adam, to our number five.
2: Yep. And uh,
0: Scott and Adam mentioned it not too long ago. Um, I know it's not on John's, uh, but, you know, your, your similar feelings, to Mr. Joan Hart, not to be too creepy, very similar to my feelings uh, towards Larissa Olnick. Uh The Secret World of Alex Mack is my number five. Great show. Yeah. yeah. It is. It, it was fun. They packed in, you know, fun sci-fi elements. There was even some action elements, you know, good drama, uh, you know, decent acting for... You know the, the the kid acting that they were doing, and yeah, I I had a John obviously knows, but if if anybody out there listens to our top ten '90s crushes, Alex Mack was particularly high on my list, Um, and this show obviously because of it, and, and I don't want to sound too creepy at all, but like there is like that, that I know too late, but there's that that I absolutely remember in that was it the first episode where she kind of first puddles down and then puddles oh, yeah. back up behind the boxes, and it's like whoa hello like that 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 was one of those moments for me
2: <laughs> and we thought we yep and that absolutely gets addressed in, in yeah. the <laughs> thank,
3: thank god
0: that they didn't uh, not yeah, because keep of, like,
2: that. guys going oh my gosh what what's going on but yeah. because they talk about well we'll we'll, we'll save it we'll save perfect. it perfect uh, uh it's, <laughs> it's it's a it's a moment that gets addressed with respect to children's programming we'll leave it okay at that. Yeah. Okay.
3: I think, you know, I was the same way. I was super into, you know, Star Wars, sci-fi, and comic books. So I think that's kind of what pulled me into that show was it was kind of like a comic book, you know? Like she gets these secret powers, kind of like Peter Parker, you know? Like Mm -hmm. there's this accident that gives her powers. It's very much like a comic book origin, you know? And yeah, it had the whole sci-fi element. She had powers. She had to keep her identity secret. It was just a great show. And it's cool that, you know, that show very well could have been about a dude, you know? And they had kind of the foresight to go... Yeah. Hey, let's switch it up, you know, and and make it be a girl, and it made it like infinitely more interesting, you know, because it was just different, especially for the time. It was just different.
1: All right, so my number five, I will, I almost expect it to be higher on Adam's list. I will be shocked if it didn't make it, um, and we'll see if it falls anywhere on y'all's list. My number five is salute your shorts. Tied.
0: That's our I'll, number five too. Go. Awesome, Adam. Uh, it it barely missed my list. Okay, like, barely. Ah didn't even such a good show (laughs) it's a good it's just such a good show that's what I said there were a couple of them that I was mad at myself how did this not make the top 10 Where salute your shorts I was guaranteed like okay that's probably top 5 and then when I really started fighting myself over it it it, it just kind of slipped
1: sometimes I think Adam overthinks things but (laughs) uh, but uh, I I don't remember how many times I watched this show growing up as a kid and just uh, I just thought it was so funny and here's the thing about that show: there's only two seasons. It, yeah. Even though
3: it feels like it was such a big part of your childhood and it went on forever, there's only two seasons of it. But they played it a lot, and it was yep. just super important to a lot of people. So it felt like it was this big, long-running Nick staple. Even though, yeah, they filmed yep. they filmed two seasons of it.
2: Well, and it's, it's just like the quintessential summer show. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like even even with the Halloween episode, which is like probably my favorite episode. So good, like of Ze- Zeke the Plumber. But it's just yep. like. I didn't get to go to summer camp, right? And so you felt like it, like you were going there. And also, they did such a good job of just casting people that felt like you could be friends with them, right? Mm-hmm. And they also we saw a lot of evolution in terms of characters. You know, like we we've talked about it before, but like with Michael Ray Bauer uh, who played Donkey Lips, like Donkey Lips character, gosh man, all, all of them are amazing, right? And it was so cool. And Danny Cooksey. Is just the nice, I mean, everybody. I should just say everybody are the nicest. <laughs> everybody I, we I, interviewed was so nice. I shouldn't just so nice. somebody out. But, but uh, you know, Danny Cooksey also, uh, Scott and I are fans. Uh, he had a band in the 80s uh, called um, called Bad for Good. And uh, Scott can talk about it a little bit more, but Steve <laughs> Vai kind of headed them up. Oh, and, wow. Uh, yeah, he put like them together. produced the album.
3: Quite
0: the name. Uh,
2: yeah. I'll, I'll hand it over to Scott because because I think Scott may be even a bigger fan than I am. Bad for good.
3: Bad for good. So good. Yeah, they're like Adam said. They were put together by Steve Vai. They were an all kid band, oh. and uh, so Danny Cooksey. It was while he was on Salute Your Shorts, and there's an episode where he even says, "Oh, this is my Budnick." Danny Cooksey's character. Right. Goes, yeah, that's yeah. my Steve Vai guitar pick. You know, and yeah. it was like it really was because he really was like hanging out with Steve Vai while he was on the show. Danny Cooksey was like. You know, we were starstruck a lot, you know, but to be totally honest, like he was one of the ones I was like, oh, dude, I can't believe I'm meeting Budnick, (laughs) you know, like it just felt very surreal to to get to like go to his house and hang out with him. But yeah, anyway, Bad for Good, they could have been huge, but their record came out in 1991 and you guys probably remember another album that came out in 1991 called Nevermind yeah yeah uh, every, everything that was like hair metal just went out the window. It was not cool, got dropped by their label and it so it didn't happen for them. but you can find it on YouTube. bad for the number, uh, bad for good. Uh, and they're you know for what kind of music they were trying to play, they were like, you know, pretty legit. oh awesome. nice.
1: Danny Cooksey had probably one of the most recognizable kids' haircuts of the '80s. Oh, that red mullet!
2: (laughs) Yeah, Uh, Scott, Scott, and I also had some of the most infamous haircuts. Yeah, killer mullet, and uh, I, I, uh, I had a a rat tail that was not embarrassing at all. (laughs) We
1: had those. That happened.
2: I thank God. I, I thank God that somehow there are no pictures. (laughs) I've yeah.
1: ever <laughs> I was just about to ask if any of these pictures show up in the documentary. <laughs>
2: I wish. No, we're not, we're not in it. We, we, okay. we, we would not, we would be doing a dis, a, a disservice <laughs> to the orange story. And, <laughs> and furthermore, you know, it's like Netflix, you know how they can like, you know, everybody can measure whenever it stops. Right. You know, when you look at like analytics mm-hmm. and stuff mm-hmm. and it's like, okay, well the average, the average audience member stopped at the one hour, 43 minute mark of this film. Once you showed a picture of us with those haircuts that would have they, been it. And they like,
3: like, Done. I'm switching and to Hula. houses
2: were set on fire because people tried to burn their laptops and TVs. So <laughs> we, we, we. Uh, I think we made the right choice.
3: Yeah. It really uh, salute your shorts though. It it was a fantastic yeah. show. You know yes, to get to show yeah. kids in their own that what a genius idea. Like you want a show that's about kids doing their own thing. How do you do that naturally? You have them at camp where their parents aren't there. You know. And the only adult is this idiot counselor, counselor uh, Ugg Lee, you know? So I know. It just, and that was a recurring theme uh, that the, the, the adults were always buffoons. Yeah. You know, whether it was the mom and dad from You Can't Do That on Television or the parents from Rugrats or Ugg the counselor on Salute mm. Your Shorts, the, the idea that, that parents were always, or adults were always stupid and kids were always smart. That's how kids feel, you know? And that mm. that show was a great example of that.
1: That just makes me uh worry for when uh, my kids get a little bit older. <laughs> yeah. How <laughs> old kids are they? T- uh, my son is it was about to be 11 and my daughter is 8. Oh, so nice. right now, especially especially since they've been stuck at home, they've only been able to really interact with us. So it's Funny fine.
3: So- my, my son was watching a YouTube video uh, about, like, the history of Nickelodeon, and it was like, this is how Spongebob, this is how Rugrats came about, and I was like, hey, buddy, I made a whole movie about this. Do you want to watch it? And he goes, um, no, not really. <laughs> and just watching, I was like, it's the same thing you're watching now, but it's, like, an actual movie that's, like, going to come out, and it's got, like, the creators on it. And he's like, no thanks, Dad. Like, I was just, like, the stupidest person ever for even suggesting that, like, so, yeah, I feel I, I'm already there, but, yeah, okay. it's, I feel you.
1: All right. Uh, we're coming around to number four, Adam. Okay. Uh, we're in the top four, now.
0: This is so far the only one, I believe, that's been on all three lists. Uh, my number four is Doug from the original Ooh. Nicktoons. Okay. So, it's yeah, so all good. S- it is so good. So ran from, what, 90, 91 to 94 on the original run on Nick, and then it picked back up on ABC. I didn't pick back up with it on ABC. Um, yeah. I did not care for the character design changes, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. I like the original. But, I mean, like, yeah, Doug Skeeter, Penny Mayonnaise. They're, they're just awesome characters. The beats, the great songs you get, like Killer oh. Tofu. John and I talked uh, about this before. We yes. Killer <laughs>
3: Tofu. Yeah. So good. Yeah, and that was a different – Disney – when it was ABC, it became Disney's Doug, and it was yes. – Totally different. It was. Mm-hmm. It felt different. Roger was no longer a bully. He was like more of a, like a friend, rival yeah. kind of thing. It had a different feel for sure. But if we're talking about just Nickelodeon, yeah, Doug, Doug was amazing, and and I was the same age as Doug whenever it was. Mm-hmm. Whenever it came mm-hmm. out, so it spoke directly to me. And like we we talked about before, a lot of the shows had this edginess to them. A lot of this, you know, sexual innuendos there that you mm-hmm. only get, and Doug <laughs> didn't. And mm-hmm. I got to give it props for that. It was something as we look back at it, there is something to be said even though some people might say oh it's so simple and saccharine. There's something about giving kids like just something very sweet, especially if maybe yeah. kids are going through like a tough time, you know, yeah. uh to see other kids on TV just being cool to each other. You yes. know, there's something to be said for that. Giving kids a place where they can Feel like, okay, I feel, you know, maybe they got bullied all day at school or whatever, you know, they don't fit in and they can come home and watch Doug, you know, and it's like, okay, it can give them something, you know, maybe they're, they can kind of mimic those behaviors, you know, mm-hmm. is that the way that Doug dealt with bullying, you know, I liked how Doug wasn't a popular kid, but he wasn't the nerd either, you know, because we see that so much in TV and films, you know, it's like, oh, I'm the nerd, you know, that eventually gets the hot girl, you know, it's like that was such a played out concept by 1991. And Doug was more of like, to me, anyway, more like a real kid. You know, you're just mm-hmm. you're just average. You know, you're not you're not at the bottom of the barrel, but you're not at the top either. You're just kind of like I'm here yeah. and I'm me. Yeah, he's mm-hmm. very relatable. Very.
2: Yeah. Well, and, uh, and I, I think absolutely that Scott hit the nail on the, on the head is that it was just sweet, you know, and, and I think that it's so easy to be cynical and that can happen, uh, especially right now. And maybe it's maybe it's different, or maybe it's not even different than whenever we were growing up. You know, I think everybody always is like, well, our time was a more innocent time and blah, 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 yeah. right? But, but it was just so sweet and so sincere. And you you have to love Doug and you have to love Skeeter. Mm-hmm. And he's so, I mean, and, and Patty Mayonnaise is so nice. And it's just yeah. like, mm-hmm. it's such a, a charming romance, right? And just series of friendships. And so I think that Uh, Like Scott said, that's really what makes it stand out. And Jim Jenkins is—he's Doug. Yeah, absolutely Doug. Doug. And it's so funny. Like when you want my gosh—when you you're going to be in for a treat when you, if and when you watch the movie. We will. Oh yeah. Because it's so it's so like Jim Jenkins is just such a. Uh, We we love him to death.
3: A, A funny thing, Jim Jenkins. Yeah, everyone says Jim Jenkins is like the nicest person you could ever meet, and it's like. Totally true. He is, like, such a kind, sweet, caring man. And a funny thing is Jim Jenkins uh, got his start on John Pinwheel. He was one of the puppeteers, so he kind of already had that Nickelodeon connection. I I love that. And we we see that a couple of times in our doc where people kind of have two lives at Nickelodeon. Like, Jim was there at the very beginning. He was a puppeteer on Pinwheel, and then later on he was... The creator of Doug. And you see that? I love how Nickelodeon did that. They were loyal to their creators. There was a guy named Alan Goodman, and he was one of the people that create. He created the MTV logo and then later created the Nickelodeon logo as well with his partner. And then he went on to uh, – so he had that, obviously. That was part of his – he's part of the Nickelodeon story. And then later, he was a director on Clarissa. And then later, he created the show Mystery Files of Shelby Woo. So oh, it's wow. like he's kind of – through all of Nickelodeon's different chapters, he's kind of like been there. I just think that's cool. You know, I feel like you don't see that a lot.
1: All right, my number four, right? Yes. All right, so my number four is I think uh, I think my teen hormones are starting to show in my <laughs> later list. <laughs> oh boy, because <laughs> oh boy, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh- this uh, this show also had one of my kind of big crushes. Uh, in the late 80s, late eighties to early nineties, in uh, a young lady by the name of Christine Taylor, my number mm. four is Hayden. oh yeah, yeah.
2: It's a little wild and a little strange, John.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Not on my list, but the,
2: is, uh, wait, the 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 eternal mystery of whatever happened to Danny. Did y'all hear about that? Like no. uh, so, the background of um uh. Why am I blanking on his name, Scott? Do you you remember
1: who played
3: Danny? Yeah, the actor it's that played Joe Danny. Torres. Joe Torres, yeah.
2: Yes. So, like, for the longest time, people have, like, said that he just disappeared and has gone off the grid. And so it kind of almost became, like, a ghost story or something, right? Like an urban wow. legend. What and happened to this dude? Yeah, yeah. So there, you can look it up. There are articles where people are like, what happened to Danny? Where is he? But, yeah, there's, like, like s- sightings and, and stuff. stuff. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and it's weird, right? Because because uh, they they we did get the we did get the lowdown on it though, and he is he is alive and well. And uh Graham Yost, the writer of Hey Dude, who also went on to uh, write uh, Speed, uh, additionally oh, wow. is it a uh, Sneaky Pete, uh, which is the show the movie, is a showtime series. Oh yes, with and Giovanni Rabisi. Giovanni Rabisi worked yep. on Band of Brothers uh, as well. He talked to us about it and he gave us the breakdown. Um and uh, and he was like, no, like we we've, we've been in contact with him. He he's okay. <laughs> he's like so, yeah, yeah.
3: That was our kind of thing. We wanted to kind of like go down that, but it's like you know what? If this dude doesn't want to be found, let's just leave him alone. You yeah. know, <laughs> like let him. But like Adam mentioned, Graham Yost. I mean, you can look that dude up. That guy's like a power player in Hollywood. Lisa Malamed, who was another writer, she's a power player. Like, these are people that are legit movers and shakers in Hollywood. And Christine Taylor, of course. Look at her yeah. huge career she's had. Yes. All those people got their start on Hey Dude. I mean, that goes to show you how good that show was. We were very fortunate to introduce... Uh, we, were, I'm sorry. We were very fortunate to interview um, a lot of people from Hey Dude for the movie, both but, behind cool. the camera. And we got, just for you... Christine Taylor,
2: yeah, she uh, is in the movie. Yeah. <laughs> she makes it. All
1: right. Well, now I'm guaranteed to watch it. Yeah. <laughs> I thought it wasn't
2: before, but now I'm definitely guaranteed. You were like, you were like, it was like an undecided voter. <laughs> yeah. I was like on the fence. I'm on the fence. And now I'm in. I'm in. You got it.
1: No, nah, I was in from, the, from mo- moment one. Yeah. Uh, all right. What's your number four, gentlemen?
2: So, number four is uh, really kind of like uh, the, one of the most iconic and earliest shows from Nickelodeon, uh, and uh, super, super transgressive. Uh, you can't do that on television.
1: Oh,
2: yeah. No, not on my it, list.
1: Yeah, it was my, my number, number nine, I believe. On
2: television is just, like, when you watch it even now, it's such adult humor. Uh, <laughs> it's so delightedly Canadian. <laughs> and uh so so for uh so Christine McGlade uh, who we had talked to, talk to multiple times Scott actually got the chance to if I'm correct stay at their at, at her place like right yeah, I
3: stayed at Christine Moose that was her name on the show they called her Moose Christine Moose McGlade's house and eat poutine with her oh. was like the most <laughs> the most Canadian thing you could ever do
2: Yeah so That's so I mean awesome. that should give you some insight into how kind Everybody was right. Whenever we met Danny Cooksey, who was the first person that we interviewed in terms of Nickelodeon, we showed up and they had pizza and sodas and water for us. And you were like, hey, we just you know, we thought that maybe you you guys would be, you know, hungry. So is this cool? We're like, who does this? (laughs) Like, Like who brings you who lets you have poutine and says, hey, by the way, you can stay in our place while you film. That shows you what
3: kind of person she is right there. Uh, we got to interview Abby Haggard, who was the mom. You remember her? She played all yes. the female characters. Uh, we got to interview her in front of those lockers, uh, oh, which wow. was insane to get to see the real lockers. They're still a thing, and it's funny because to us, it's like this should be in a museum somewhere, <laughs> but it's just in some warehouse, and they bring it out whenever it's needed. But yeah, that that show is so insanely important to Nickelodeon. You know, you look yeah. at all these other shows we're talking about that had this irreverent attitude, this kind of like pushing it right to the limit, being just as naughty as you can be without going overboard. And it all started with You Can't Do That on television. It, that's the first show I remember ever watching on You Can't Do That on television. I don't remember Nickelodeon uh, before that, but right. there was a Nickelodeon before that, and it was very different. Like It was a very <laughs> different channel. That show absolutely like gave them their identity. And it's funny, you know, it's a it's a Canadian show. Right. And one thing, uh, when we were when we were editing it with the 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 people that um Roger Price and his estate, they worked with us, uh Roger Price created you can't do that on television, and his people okay. worked with us. And so we got all these tapes and stuff, and the original Canadian version is much longer and it had oh, a bunch wow. of segments that we didn't get. Uh, over here, like it had musical guests and stuff on it. Like they actually oh. had bands come and play. You can look it up if you look. Uh, you can't do it on television on YouTube. There's some clips uh, that I, I believe have made it on there because they do release some of their stuff on YouTube. Uh, and and it, they also had like some live segments where it's like, call in, what are your thoughts on? Like they'd have like current issues and be like, what are your thoughts on this? I was just fascinated by that because it was wow. like this show that was such a big part of my childhood. Uh, to then know that like, oh, there was more that I never got to see. It was like an hour-long show that they kind of just trimmed it down and, mm-hmm. and 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 brought it to America. So you mentioned
1: uh, Abby Haggard. Um, is that how you say your name, Haggard? A- yeah, a- Haggard, yeah. Haggard. Uh, she was in the first television scene from You Can't Do That on Television that I remember actually grossing me out. What was that? Um, it's It was from the show, and all I remember was – She's talking about saving money by having the pl- plumbing from the toilet moved to the tub. And she opens it up and you see the kid like go to puke. And for some reason, that action made me want to puke. So I probably yeah. I think I ran to the bathroom. I just remember that. And from then on out, I think I stopped watching the show because I was like, I can't I'm gonna throw up if I watch the show. I can't I can't it's do it. It's a
2: gross show, man. Yes. Like, I mean it is so <laughs> it's so gross. But it's so but it's so cool. I mean, because it's like why? How? Who else get? I mean, how do you get to watch anything like that? Right? That just does not right. happen for kids, you know. And and parents didn't know. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> I, I guess they just yeah. were happy that we were like behaving and just watching something. Meanwhile, yeah. we're we're seeing kids that are being strapped and chained to walls. And like, <laughs> yeah. remember there were like firing squads. There was, was yes. a fire. They had
3: a kid. Yeah, they had kids in front of firing squads. <laughs> Jesus,
0: <laughs> I don't worry I don't know this show at all.
2: It's um, normal, normal,
0: normal yeah. kid. Just
3: normal kid stuff. Yeah, uh, yeah. See, yeah.
0: y'all people like you're just five years older than me. You're you're, you're hard. Y'all y'all don't mess around. <laughs>
3: <laughs> it was all because we watched the
0: yeah, show. I tell
2: you what. I mean, whether you were, ho- I mean, whether you were educated at home now uh, because of COVID, <laughs> or whether you were in public schools or private schools, we, we went to the school hard knocks. I'm telling you. There yeah.
1: <laughs> it is. Uh, <laughs> nice. All right. Adam, where are we? You're in charge of keeping track of me because I keep getting uh, They I'm just did so their number. Fun. They just
0: did their number three or their four. It's my number three to kick off okay. our number threes. All right. Um, I believe this is another one that has made all of our lists. I bl- and I'm not sure if it's higher or it's your number three, John. Uh, my number three is Double Dare. My number three nah. is Double Dare. Okay. Um, I mean, what? A, as we already talked, Mark Summers. He, another person who just – exactly, on the Mount Rushmore of Nickelodeon. Um, he had a couple different shows. They were all great, but this is the one that just – you know him, you love him for. That original run from, what, 86 to 93, 482 episodes. Incredible. Crazy. And always take the physical challenge. Always take physical <laughs> always challenges. Always
2: do it. Why wouldn't you? <laughs> exactly. Who doesn't want to get messy, right? Yeah. Like, who doesn't? yeah. I mean, whether you win or lose – you still have a blast, right? I mean, that is like the idea of being a kid is to just get dirty, to have fun. And if you get a chance to win prizes, even better.
1: Yep. All I ever wanted to do was stick my hand up that giant nose. Oh man.
3: (laughs) I know. Right. When we did
1: that,
2: go ahead, Scott.
3: Well, I was just going to say, that's another super important show. You know, that was Nickelodeon's first show that they made, you know, and, yeah, Mark Summers, he wasn't just the host of Double Dare. They, they used him for everything. It was like he was Mr. Nickelodeon. You know, when mm-hmm. they would need someone to, like, whenever they unveiled Nickelodeon Studios in Florida, he was there. You know, hey, guys, I'm coming to you live from our new Nickelodeon Studios in Florida. He was Mr. Uh, he was Mr. Nickelodeon, and he's mm-hmm. in the movie. And, uh, you know, for both Adam and I, we're both 80s kids as well. It was just a to get to meet him was, like, mm. so surreal. You know, and he's he's every bit what you you wish he would be. You know, yeah. when you meet him in person, he's <laughs> such a kind guy, but he's also just like on fire. He's like one liners one after another. Uh, you know, just such a such a great such a great guy.
1: I tell you nice. what, that guy is so so shrewd, and I mean that in like in the best possible way. In that, uh, I I don't know if anyone else knows this. He had the single most popular show on the Food Network. Oh, in unwrapped. the two thousands, great unwrapped. show, great show. Um, and it, which was so simple because it was all basically just basic footage and then him like doing an intro and outro, and that was it. And I, I that was probably the smartest thing I've ever seen. Also, because he had to be thinking by that time, the kids who he saw in Nickelodeon had grown up at that point. And if you see a show with this guy who you've been seeing, you know, when you were a kid, you're like, oh, I want to watch that. He's on here. And so that was, I think that was probably one of the smartest things he ever did. Mm hmm. Yeah, Sorry, took it away from no, the voting for that.
2: No, you're you're right. Like, I mean, and it goes back to what we talked about, which is the idea that all of these uh all of these amazing, iconic individuals and influencers have gone on to have these just prolific and amazing careers, right? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. who doesn't want to know? I mean, what is our documentary about, right? It's the story behind the story. So it's yeah. like who doesn't want to know how Candy was created and yeah. all these other wonderful. Yeah. Like, it's cool it's just such a brilliant idea and mark is uh you know he's just so inviting It's right it's like he's Mm -hmm. like your he's like your uncle basically right and uh just a really nice guy and just has an amazing voice and knows exactly how to draw you in to the story he's
3: he's got his own documentary uh called on your mark that's coming out Uh, and that shows you how Yeah, it shows you how cool he was that even though he was doing his own documentary, he still made time for ours. That's awesome. And, you know, we just made sure, like, there was also, there's a Ren and Stimpy doc coming out as well. So we just Mm -hmm. talked with all these other, you know, super talented filmmakers and just said, hey, like, let's all tell our own story to make sure that we're not, Mm -hmm. you know, double dipping, you know, we'll only do what we need to do. And yeah, I I mean, just what a wonderful guy. So yeah, hopefully that that one's not out yet, but I can't wait uh, until it does. It seems like it's going to be a really, really fun project.
1: Awesome. All right, gentlemen, what was
3: your number three? Our number three was The Adventures of
1: Pete and Pete. Good call. Didn't make my list. I'm su- I'm surprised it didn't it it did did make it? my
0: list either, but wow. I'm shocked that it didn't make your
1: list, John. Not gonna really? Lie. I'm shocked it didn't make your list because I thought you liked that show more than I did. Well, oh I, I,
0: I enjoyed it. I definitely do. I mean, seriously,
3: Petunia? How iconic is Petunia? <laughs> Big time. <laughs> Pete and Pete was like... It was the cool show, you know? Like, everyone we talked to... Like, it kind of had, like, that hip vibe. I mean, you got to talk about the musicians that were on there. You know, Michael Stipe, Mm -hmm. Iggy Pop, Deborah Harry, uh, Gordon Gano, Violent Femmes. You know, I mean, they just had everybody that was, like, a cool indie rocker in, like, the late 80s and early 90s was on that show. And that theme song, you know, by Polaris, it just had such a... I mean, you don't usually hear theme songs like that. Like, it's just like, okay, this is a song even now I would jam out to, you know, mm-hmm. it just, it, it, it felt the whole, it, it felt kind of like a dream. It didn't feel like it had almost like a David Lynch feel to it, yeah. you know, even though it was a kid <laughs> show, it felt very bizarre. It, I mean, I just, I, lo- I still to this day love that show.
2: Yeah. Awesome. it's I mean, it holds up too. It's like, holds up. You watch it now and it's even better. And the different actors of all time, obviously we love, you know, we love Dean Tamborelli. We love Michael, Michael C. Marona. But man, we love Toby Huss. Toby Huss is the greatest character actor. You uh if you've probably seen him uh on Glow, uh Halt and Catch Fire. He was in a yes. horror film called The Invitation. You if you watch him on Adventures of Pete, yeah. the incredible adventures or the Adventures of Pete and Pete, then you'll know him as Artie, the strongest yeah. man in the world. And he is just the best. I, I love Toby Huss so much and uh he needs so to Toby. be in everything. I don't I don't care what it is. Like if you if they end up doing an actual another film about Ruth Bader Ginsburg uh, <laughs> that doesn't have Felicity Johnson in it, Toby Huss needs to play it. Mm. <laughs>
3: <laughs> we were super fortunate. We got both Pete's, Little Pete and Big Pete, Danny Tamarelli mm-hmm. and Michael C. Morona. And then we also got one of the creators, Will McRobb. And they all give fantastic interviews. So if anybody wanted to hear some kind of like really good Pete and Pete stories, uh, we got them for sure.
2: Awesome. And Chris Biscardi, I think, is like, isn't he the president now of Nickelodeon or like the VP? He's he's high up there. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Who's who was the other writer of uh, P- he was the other yeah.
1: Nice. Okay, Michelle Treschenberg was on that show too, wasn't she? Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Little
3: yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, Little Pete's uh, yeah, no, no, Little Pete's girlfriend,
1: and her dad was Iggy Pop. Nice. Oh wow. Uh, all right, uh, Adam, uh, my, my number two, number two. All right, we are closing in.
0: John, I would tell you this show was probably I don't know if it was even going to make my number in in my top 10 if I if I had to think about it before we reviewed it. But then after we talked about it, I just remembered all like the feels how much I enjoyed it. This action sci-fi and it included animals. Animorphs <laughs> is my number oh, 2. Animorphs. I loved and I loved the I not books. I
2: didn't coming at but, all.
0: I loved the book. I mean this came out later on and so I was like Thirteen, no, yeah, thirteen-ish, but like right in that right time, you know, with these like high, like early high school kids, action adventure stuff. I, I mean, young young teen book that I loved, I loved animals. I was like a big, I was big into zoo books when I was younger, uh, and so zoo oh, wow,
2: books, amazing,
0: the best, and so it, it just fit really well for me, and mm. so um, obviously a Canadian production that also aired on Nickelodeon, and when John and I reviewed it, I was like. Oh, this is amazing! And so I went through and I watched all every episode and I rewatched everything and I was like, "This is, you know what? This holds up." And John, what was your comment? I can't even remember. But I barely made
1: it through one episode. Yeah, he was not a Uh. fan.
3: (laughs) (laughs) I'm gonna go back and watch that one. That was a little bit after my time. Yeah, Yeah. and it also was kind of after. For the film, Uh, you know, like Mm -hmm. there were a couple of shows that we had to do research for because we didn't quite remember them. Because that was one thing we went through: is like, what are the what are the golden years? And so, really, we focus on Geraldine Laybourne's tenure. So when she leaves Nickelodeon, that's kind of when our film wraps up. Fair enough. Mm -hmm. Uh, So it wasn't something that I watched as a kid, and it also wasn't something that uh, we researched for the film. But I'm going to watch an episode. I'm going to see if I can make it through one. (laughs)
2: Yeah. And it has Sean Ashmore, who yes. was Iceman in the X Men films, nope. and recently played Lamplighter. Lamplighter, oh. yeah. Yes. Yeah. And he did a good job great on show. that, too. Oh, oh he's great.
0: And, and I thought he was good as a kid. John didn't feel as much, but I, I
1: think he was. <laughs> th- I think the cast was solid.
2: Nice. We're going to watch that animal more. So I'll tell good, you that much. We're doing <laughs> it. We're doing it.
1: All right. Well, good luck to you on that one. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> all right. So uh, I guarantee you, my number. Two is not going to be on anyone's list. Um, I will be shocked if Adam has even heard of this. Um, I won't even be shocked actually if you guys even don't even remember this. Um, it was it was another show that I think was imported into Nickelodeon, and it hit me right at the perfect teenage year, like my preteen years, and it was like it was basically like a soap opera. Uh, I know what you're talking about.
2: And I know I, it. I, wait, I, wait, I, wait, wait, wait. And again, I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and say it. David the Gnome.
1: No. Oh, man. I did Wait. love David the Gnome. I did love David the Gnome.
2: Yeah, I love David the it's, Gnome.
1: Uh, but also, a freaking huge crush on Laura Harris, who was yep. pretty oh, much yeah. the lead on the Ashley. show. And uh, it's also known for being, I believe, the first show that Ryan Reynolds was ever on. Yeah. And it was called 15. Oh, yeah, dude. Or as it was known in Canada, Avalon. Oh, really? I didn't know that. That's
3: why if you look it up on IMDb... uh you you can't find it. Sometimes, or it maybe it might have changed, but when we were working on it, you had to look up Avalon because that's what it was originally called in Canada. And when, for some reason, when they imported it over here to America, mm-hmm. they just, they're like, nah, let's call it, uh, I don't know, 15.
2: <laughs> okay. What is it about Canada making quintessential age drop like the, this, Degrassi? Degrassi, yeah. yeah. I mean,
1: they just, they do it well. They do it you well. You know, I,
3: I will give 15. You know, it it, it wasn't totally my thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think because I, I watched so many soap operas with my mom. I was kind of soap <laughs> operaed out watching a kid version. But uh, Young and the... If you, you can ask me anything about Young and the Restless, and I can tell you, you know, everything about the Abbott family and Victor Newman. Uh, but um, <clears throat> it did tackle some big issues. Like, there was yes, a kid that dealt with alcoholism and divorce mm-hmm. Uh, and so I give them props for that because that was pretty cool. They And also they had a pretty diverse cast compared yeah. to the rest of Nickelodeon for the time. Arsman, who was the lead singer of, of, of Dylan's band. We're in a band. I just remember that. Like, Ryan Reynolds, we're supposed to be in a band. You know, the way he said it. Yeah, that was – and it's funny because our um, – the guy that did our uh, opening credits did the end credits for Deadpool. <laughs> oh, okay. And, uh, yeah, wow, wow. his name is Justin Harder. He's got uh, Klaus Studios. Super talented dude. But uh, I was talking to him. I was like, you know, there's a Deadpool connection here, too. And he's like, how? And I was like, well, 15. Uh, that's where Mr. Deadpool got his start. He was a the nerdy little kid who tries to play drums in a band and gets, like, kicked <laughs>
2: out. And Laura Harris still, like, is... Like has up until twenty sixteen, I mean she's she's still working. Dead like me, yeah. Hulk and the agent smash. Like mm-hmm. she's a, to to her credit, has like almost a hundred different starring roles. So uh she's amazing. I remember
1: watching some of Dead Like Me and uh going, God, that girl looks really, really familiar. And it wasn't until much later that I put the connection together that her oh, yeah. uh, she was the same she was actually from fifteen. It was weird, like 15, it was one of those shows that kind of left my memory for a long time, where I was like, I remember there was like a show, it was like a soap opera, and I couldn't really remember, and then I, you know, either I came across it online, or somebody mentioned it, and it just all came flooding back, like this whole soap opera show that I couldn't miss for some reason. I was hooked.
3: The, The guy, Matt, that was in it, that was her boyfriend on the show... He's still doing a lot of stuff up in up in the the great white north. I remember we we talked to him a little bit uh, when we were, you know, kind of working out who we were going to interview. He's he's still doing a lot of stuff up there.
1: Cool. Good for him. Oh, he was on Dark Angel for a little bit. Cool. All right. Sorry. I just got to I can get lost (laughs) in all this stuff if I'm not (laughs) careful.
2: Uh, All right. What was your number two, gentlemen? So number two probably would go down. I mean, you know, if you love if you love Laura and Alex Mack, then you gotta give uh, a shout out to the OG. That would be Clarissa explains it all. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, uh, yeah Clarissa, Clarissa explains it all is like I mean, like especially for the time period, uh, broke the fourth wall. Like you know, was basically like the female Ferris Bueller, uh, and Melissa Joan Hart just had it. Like she was just so cool, went on to be Sabrina. She still is acting, she's still amazing oh, yeah. and uh and has been directing like episodes of the Goldbergs and
1: I was gonna say, I I heard she'd been doing a lot behind the camera lately. Yeah.
2: Yeah. She was cool, you know, it's like she seems so approachable and down to earth and there were things about her, like the writers, you know, that um uh you know, Mitch Kriegman that decided to it's like, you know, in at that time, like new kids on the block would have been the choice of like, probably, you know, if, if, if somebody was writing it normally say, Oh, who's a, who's a girl's favorite band? And she's like, Oh, I like, they might be giant. Right. Wow. Yeah. And, Very uh, cool. You know, the opening basketball and uh you know, and, and wasn't like, there wasn't a lot of a, uh, you know, there was tension between her and Sam, but it was just cool. She was just a cool mm-hmm. person. Right. Like they didn't stereotype her. Uh, and, mm-hmm. and I think that says a lot, Scott, why, why did you love Clarissa so much?
3: Yeah, I mean, th- that right there, The the it was absolutely a groundbreaking show, for sure, you know, because you look at programming that was targeting girls up until that point, you know, it was very much uh, just kind of pandering, just it played into all the stereotypes of what big Hollywood guys thought girls would like, you know, and that's why I think a lot of times boys didn't like quote unquote girl shows was because they were mm-hmm. made in a stupid way. That was the first show, another one like Alex Mack. That very well could have been a show about a boy because at the end mm-hmm, of the day mm-hmm. all it is it's just about a kid trying to make it through that kind of 11, 12, 13-year-old when you're not a little kid anymore and you're right. but you're not an adult. You're kind of That's a hard time, you know, to go through. You childhood is such a great time and when you have to leave it it kind of sucks, you know, but you're not an you're not an adult yet because being an adult is kind of awesome because you can do whatever you want. You're kind of in the middle, and that show did such a great job of doing that. In the fact that again that they made it a girl and had the guts to make it about a girl, and she was never pining over a boy. That was she did have crushes, but it wasn't like it was the same way that they would have dealt with it had the character been a boy. I thought that was super forward thinking, and because of its kind of its its place in uh you know. Programming with strong female leads, I think one aspect that gets looked over, because that's what kind of people gets talked about a lot, is the, the amount of talent Melissa Joan Hart had. I mean, to do those monologues, like Adam said, how she would break the fourth wall. You know, she would have just a whole script where half of it is her her alone. You know, she's yeah. there's nobody else in the scene. She's just talking to the camera. And for a kid that's that age, 11, 12, 13 years old, to be able to do that as well as she did, I don't think she quite gets the credit she deserves. Even though she gets a lot of credit, I still think she deserves, like, even more. I mean, think about that. Yeah. Gosh.
0: Yeah. A couple things I remember in particular was just how annoying Ferguson was. Oh, my God. Uh, yes. So annoying.
3: <laughs> Bird brain.
0: <laughs> and then, uh, I mean, it felt like uh, iconic for, for kids. Sam coming up, uh, uh, up that ladder uh, yeah. onto into her window. And then I think like half the time, what, he had to move her lizard or whatever it was that she had. I you know, She had something in a
1: terrarium. Yeah. Uh, just good stuff. Yeah. I, f- I totally forgot about the whole thing about Sam coming into her window thing. Yeah. Oh yeah. I was, it was it weird. I was just this is a little side story, but I was uh, my daughter who is eight loves Stranger Things. She loves the show, and she's you're, you're a bad parent. You're a bad parent, John. Yeah, I know. But I blame my wife. I've never <laughs> I've actually never seen the show. What? Um, yeah, I know.
2: Like, come on. I mean, I'm not I'm not judging, but like, I want you as 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 a, as a fan and as a as a as a, I would say as a, a friend through the podcast. Yeah. You should watch it. Like, if you love nostalgia, like, this is the thing you got to watch, man. It's so – I love it. And uh, last season was amazing. First and third season are wonderful. Scott, would you agree with that? Two slips a little bit?
3: Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. (laughs) One and three, that's where it's at. Yep. Agreed. Okay.
1: I'll check it out. They started re-watching it, so I came in when they were watching, like, the first episode or whatever, and uh, I just – I sat down with her. My daughter was sitting in the bed, and we got to a scene where a boy comes into the window, and my daughter just kind of looks at me and I said, if a boy ever comes in through your window, I'm going to shoot him first and ask questions later.
3: <laughs> and it was also cool that Sam was was coming through her window, not for nefarious reasons at all. It's actually right. kind of unclear. Everybody likes him. And when the parents come in and see him there, they're not like, what the hell are you doing in here? Mm-hmm. He could very well come through, like, the front door. <laughs> there's, right, yeah. it, it just kind of added, like, yeah, he's not in absolutely. I don't think there was really any romance ever. It might have been. Delicately hinted at, but there was mm-hmm. there wasn't much romance between them at all. Yeah, yeah
2: not until was a the friend. book. Because remember, Mitchell Mitchell ended up writing a book about it, where they grow up and they do have a romance, but not then. I think I think maybe they have one episode where they yeah, touch a on hint it, at but it. It's yeah, super super, yeah.
3: That's a good point, yeah. Mitchell Kriegman, the the creator of Clarissa, explains it all. He wrote a book called "Things I Can't Explain," and it's a, oh. it's a book about Clarissa as an adult. There was a show; they they had a pilot, but he it was it was kind of like Disney's Doug. It was made by somebody else, so it took oh. it in a. Those people said, "Oh, breaking the fourth wall is stupid. That'll never be a thing. Let's cut that." <laughs> so,
1: good job, guys! <laughs> oh, way to go! All right, I think we're on our number ones, right? We are. All Woo! right, Adam. We finally made it. Let's
0: do this. My number one, what an amazing game show. And obviously, in my opinion, without question, the best game show ever on Nickelodeon. Um, it fit, you know, some good trivia, things of history, and it had rock puns. My yeah. number one is Legends of the Hidden Temple. Great Love show. Love that Fantastic. game
2: show. And kind of secretly terrifying in a way. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> Like the, like the, the, the chance that you may very well be taken away by like Incan or Mayan gods <laughs> yeah. and then sacrificed to, oh, uh, yeah. to, yeah. You know, when
0: they were going from room to room and you got to like that haunt, the haunted, uh, forest one. And if like the, the tree came alive and grabbed you, it did you as a kid yeah. it freaked you out.
2: They were, they, <laughs> they were scared. You could tell yes. they were absolutely, they were terrified. It was, like, it was a, it was a haunted, haunted house. Behave. Yeah.
3: Yeah. That, that show and Guts, both, you look at the production value that those had. Mm-hmm. Those were not dinky little shows. You know, I mean, you look at Legends of the Hidden Temple, they built that whole ending thing, the maze they have to go through. And even just the other challenges before that, and Olmec, you look yeah. at the whole stage, it's big. And then Guts is the same way, the, the big agro crag. You could tell that Nickelodeon wasn't afraid to invest in their entertainment you know they could have very well put it on a just a green screen or made it in a little room but they didn't and i think that's another way you know kids subconsciously could tell okay they're 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 they care about us you know they made this whole big badass thing for us we do we talked to kirk fogg in uh in the documentary he was like adam said everybody was great that dude was so cool you know it
0: it's a show I think 100% they need to bring it back and bring back Kirk Frog. He was a great host. He was great. And um, just like it, have kids these days, you know, do a game show. I know it, I know they tried and brought back uh Double Dare for a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um but like I think Legends absolutely deserves the same treatment.
2: They, they did I'd come watch. up with Legends the Hidden Temple of the movie.
0: I know. I did, but that was that did not a little different, no. yeah. <laughs>
2: Yeah, it's, yeah. A little, it's a little different. Yeah, it's like three siblings embark on a cheesy temple tour. <laughs> it's like, why do I call it cheesy? Like, yeah, I, like we, you know, it's like only to discover the legends behind it are real. Like, you don't have to preface it by saying it's cheesy exactly. for us to believe that it's terrifying <laughs> if it comes to life. We're, we're there.
1: Uh, all right. So, my number one. I feel a little bit weird about it because I I actually don't know for sure, but I'm pretty sure this show actually originally aired aired somewhere else. But when I watched it, it was only on Nickelodeon. The reason this made my number one was because I have a very, very vivid memory of Thursday nights. It was like seven or eight o'clock. We were allowed to go sit and we had a little side room in our house at the time and we had a little table, which actually I still have. Oh, yeah. Uh, Um... And we could sit at this table and eat Taco Bell. I don't know why it was Taco <laughs> Bell, but it was definitely Taco Bell. Uh, and watch from seven to nine, whatever. And I don't remember what show came on after this. I just remember I was so excited that at seven o'clock I get to sit down, eat Taco Bell, and watch Inspector Gadget.
2: Uh, really? Yes. Yeah, I think Inspector Gadget was on CBS to start, yeah, right? It was. Uh, yeah. That's. A, I, a great I mean, a great choice, and I, I, I definitely like would not, never have guessed that. There's no way.
1: Well, for some reason, and I knew for a fact, I was like, I know this aired somewhere else, but I only yeah. ever saw it on Nickelodeon, and so I always associated it with Nickelodeon. So uh, when I was making this list, I was, like, I, I, I was like, I feel bad making this number one, but like that is my most vivid memory of sitting down to watch Nickelodeon is watching this cartoon and then whatever came on after it at night whenever they re re-ran, reran it. And so I was like, "It's gonna make my number one for that for that simple nostalgic reason because it was one of my favorite." Plus, uh, I also remember uh, not long after the uh, after the thing was like nine o'clock or so is when Nick at Night came on, and so mm-hmm. my brother and sister would go to bed, and I got to stay up for an extra hour and watch Nick at Night.
3: Nice. <laughs> You know, yeah, there was that whole era, you know, people don't remember this, but where Nickelodeon bought shows from other people. You know, now Nickelodeon is so synonymous with making their own programs. Their cartoons, their live action, everything is stuff that they created. But there was this whole time period where they were licensing shows like Inspector Gadget. Do you remember they played Looney Tunes for a little while? oh yeah. yeah. And in the early days there was Danger Mouse, Heathcliff. Yep. Banana Man. There were all these great shows. Uh, See, Adam? I told I, you. I, uh, Sorry. I've never heard of Banana Man. <laughs> I'm still not quite sure it's real. Adam,
0: Banana
1: uh, Man! Adam and, I, <laughs> Adam and I host a, uh, a trivia podcast and one of the questions I asked was about Banana Man, and Adam was like, that's not a real show. I've never heard of that. I'm like, yeah, I totally he, remember watching Banana when Man. When he
3: ate, yeah, he ate a banana, he became Banana Man. Exactly. It, it, it's interesting, though, like you said, it, it was created by somebody else, but it did follow the Nickelodeon formula of the kids are smart and the adults mm-hmm. are stupid. Mm-hmm. Because Inspector Gadget was a buffoon. Yeah, he had, right. all, these, he had all these gadgets. But uh, Penny and Brain were the ones that actually always solved the mystery. Penny, for for those of you listening that don't remember, Penny was his niece. Yeah, and her dog was named Brain, and they were the ones that solved the mystery. She was Uh, voiced by Cree
1: Summer, too, wasn't she? She was that right? Yeah, yep. Great voice actress. Great voice actor. All right, gentlemen, Uh, (laughs) we we've delayed it long enough. Yeah. What is your number one? I'm so interested to hear. All
3: right. Our number one, I know this is coming out November 15th, but uh, it's still kind of spooky season. <laughs> Our number one is Are You Afraid of the Dark?
1: Yep, good call. Nice. Oh, Adam, that was on your list too, wasn't it, it? was, that was my number eight. Okay.
2: I mean, it, there's so much, to, I mean, it is just, you want to talk about being uh, subversive and like kind of flipping the, you know, uh, like kind of like just breaking all the rules <laughs> putting a scary, a, a scary story program on a children's program network, that was just such a risky move and such a bold move. And it's just, it holds up. It totally holds up. And, you know, it was a precursor to Goosebumps. You know, it was OG. Oh, we said that before. And, I mean, it just, uh, so many great characters, so many great stories that are spins on other stories as well. And, uh, you know, I, I, I love, uh, I never, I never say her, her name right. Uh, Elisha Cuthbert, Alicia Cuthbert, yeah. <laughs>
1: uh,
2: mm-hmm. um She's amazing. Ross holds amazing. Yeah. I mean, from the moment, from the Tell of the Twisted Claw, all the way to the Tell of mm-hmm. Laughing in the Dark. And then uh, was it the, the, oh gosh, the Tell the of the Silver. Um, I'm going to blank. I'm going to blank on it. You know what I'm talking about, Scott. It was the yeah, uh, made, and, and then Ben Grabinski, who's a great Ben David Grabinsky, who's a great uh, a great filmmaker. They just did a miniseries with some of the characters from uh, it. They did a tell uh, um, an Are You Afraid of the Dark series that yeah. was really good. Uh, it's awesome. You should check it out. Nice. Uh, I, I love it so much. Uh, it was one of the first things that also brought our friendship together. We talked about it earlier, uh, Scott. Why, why do you love it so much, man? And why did we make it number one for our list?
3: Yeah, I mean, for starters, like you said, it was super subversive. The idea, you know, there's this whole thing about the Nickelodeon throughout all the 80s and 90s told stories that weren't always happy. You know, like on Salute Your Shorts, sometimes the kids lost. Mm-hmm. They got bullied. Mm-hmm. Their parents got divorced. And, and Are You Afraid of the Dark went with that. You know, there were some stories where at the end... Uh, it didn't have a happy ending the kids were stuck in another dimension or you know stuck in the body of a lizard or whatever like it had it had a lot of i mean and also just the idea that the whole purpose of this show is to scare kids like that takes some guts to do something do you have it sorry do do, do, do you have it goods mike o'malley uh moira but, uh but yeah you know the the from the from the the concept I love that it was it was very different and unique and the writing I mean the like Adam said those shows hold up so much you watch them now so many of them are timeless uh timeless stories that we've heard before but they were given kind of a unique twist uh it it doesn't feel even though it was made in the early 90s it doesn't really feel dated at all it feels it still feels very relevant uh and, and also one thing that we talked about before is on all these other shows, you know, once you cast your core, your core group, you're done. You know, once you find your Budnick, your Donkey Lips, your Dina, your Zz, or you know, whatever, your Keenan, Kel, Elisa, Lori, Beth, you're done. You know, you cast good people, and 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 you can move forward. But DJ Michael and his team on Are You Afraid of the Dark? They had to recast it every single episode.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: You know, it had a different cast every single episode, and they're all pretty good and you look at the people that were on that show a lot of them went on to be like pretty big stars ryan, ryan gosling, gosling yeah uh nev campbell you know all these people started on or you know they might have done things before that but that was one of their early tv appearances was are you afraid of the dark you can just tell that he had uh an eye for talent and then just the fact that it's it's the whole spooky thing i think that's probably where my obsession with horror films started was are you afraid of the dark uh, M. Night Shyamalan has basically said uh, an episode of Are You Afraid of the Dark is where he got the idea for The Sixth Sense. So, I mean, it was just such a, you know, yeah, there was a whole episode where you find out in the end one of the kids was dead, you know? It's like, oh, there,
2: that's where he got it from. It's just such a great and timeless show. And who doesn't want to be part of the Midnight Society? Yes. I always wanted yes. to be part of that group, and I always wanted to throw the magic dust.
0: Yeah. Yes. The
2: fire. You yeah. knew...
0: When, when the
3: phrase "submitted for the approval, approval of the Midnight Society," you knew something
0: awesome was awesome. coming next.
2: Yep.
3: <laughs> so there's three things. There's, uh, w- there's three questions we ask in the movie: What is an awful waffle? What, what's the green slime made of? And, uh, and then what is what, that powder?
0: Yeah.
3: One of them gets answered very clearly. I won't spoil uh, it, but one of those okay. you will walk away knowing exactly what was going on.
1: Nice, awesome, gentlemen. Thank you so much. This, I had so much yes. fun talking uh, talking Nickelodeon with you guys, Adam. I'm I'm sure you did. As well. I do.
0: I, I don't want to stop. There's so many other good shows <laughs> that we didn't even make our top tens.
3: <laughs> Mr. Yeah. Wizard, Rugrats, yeah, Rugrat- throw- uh, he- Mr. Wizard, Roundhouse, Wienerville, Eureka's Castle. Nome. I love that one. I'm surprised. Eureka's Castle. Me. So Nick many Arcade. good
1: shows. Man, uh, did you guys ever watch the show Nick Rocks? Yeah, very early on. Yeah, yeah. That was another one I remembered. Before we go, uh, just real quick, remind everyone uh, the name of your documentary, where you can find it, all the all the you know the fun stuff.
2: It's the Orange Years: The Nickelodeon Story. Uh, you can pre-order it right now on iTunes. You can go to Target.com and get the physical copy in DVD or Blu-ray. And then on November 17th, We'll get to watch it, and if you wanna watch it on Amazon, that's the time that you're gonna be able to check it out. You also can buy uh, or pre-order the physical copy of the DVD or Blu-ray on Amazon.com right now, and uh, we think that you're gonna love it. Uh, and uh, thank you very much in advance for, for considering it and watching it, and thank you Cooler Adam, and thank you uh, <laughs> Coolish John for for having us on, man. Like, uh, uh, it's it's been amazing. The Cool Bros. The Cool Bros
3: uh never never no one's ever
2: ever no. said that
1: about it. never said that once they have now though
3: yes they have now. we we had a we had a great time on this podcast we had a great time um making this documentary you know it was something very special to us Uh, i can't wait for you both to see it i i i I can't wait for people to get to see it it feels so good to finally get this out there in the world so we hope that we bring some smiles to some faces because you do you get to see a lot of the you know you get to see and and learn about a lot of things from your favorite shows from you know a very
1: special time all right and that was our top 10 nickelodeon shows please join us next time For
0: another patron joined episode, Alex Renkamp, a golden girl, has picked Space Camp and Silverhawks to review and break down. And we're also going to be doing a casting of Silverhawks.
1: if you have any questions or comments you can reach us at blast from at gmail.com and if you want to suggest a movie or tv show from your childhood or to be a guest on the podcast go over to patreon.com backslash blast past cast and pick a tier that works for you to find us on social media search for at blast past cast so until next time i'm john and i'm adam and thanks for joining us see you next time